أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وأزدنا علما نافعا اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bed-Uz-Zaman Sa'id Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. A rough translation of the text we will be reflecting upon in this episode, inshallah, will be posted at this website too. And that text is the 14th uh, word by Bedu'uz-Zaman Said Nursi, the 14th treatise in the book, The Words. Uh, we already read uh, some of this treatise. It is, it is composed of two sections. The first section is Ustad uh, Nursi's interpretation, commentary on uh, some verses, especially verses that have been subject to controversies that have been you know, challenged or misunderstood. And he shows us that contrary to what their challenges, what the challenges of those verses or what the people who have failed to understand those verses have thought or said, these verses are pointing to tremendous re- realities and in fact they are miraculous so Ustad Nursi uh, begins this treatise with the following paragraph we already read that in the earlier uh, episodes but it's an introduction so I'll read it again here as steps to help the hearts that are deficient in the submission and acquiescence needed to climb to the high and lofty truths of the wisdomful Quran so the point here is in order to climb to those high and lofty truths we first need to submit we need to say we need to say we believe and we are heeding the the advice the the teaching the command whatever it is in these verses and then when we look with that submission and acquiescence the meanings of those verses start to open up and we can perhaps climb to their high and lofty stations. So, to the high and lofty truths of the wisdomful Quran and the prophetic traditions, which are its true interpreters, the prophetic traditions are the true interpreters of the Quran, we will point to some examples of those truths. Now, we said this treatise is of two sections. In the second section is um, a, a number of subjects, and Stadnursi explains it as then a lesson with a moral and a secret of solicitude will be expressed in the concluding remarks. Because the ones among those examples that pertain to resurrection and the hour of destruction are mentioned in the tenth word and especially in the in its ninth truth, there is no need for repetition here. However, we will mention five matters among other truths as samples. So we have been reading those uh, samples, uh, samples of verses, and inshallah, we will read the fifth uh, matter today and conclude uh, this section so that we can move on to the second section of the treatise in the following episode. So, Bismillah, fifth matter. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما قدر الله حق قدره والأرض جميعا قبضته يوم القيامة والسماوات مطويات بيمينه دنتوت تا وعلموا أن الله يحول بين المرء وقلبه يقدر هم الله خالق كل شيء وهو على كل شيء وكيل دنتوت 
ታ ያዓለሙ ማ ዩሲሩ وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَن يَشَاءَ اللَّهُ يَكَدَر حُدُودُ عَظَامَتِ رُبُوبِيَّتِ وَكِبْرِيَاءِ الْأُلُوهِيَّتِ تُطْمُشُ لَن أَزَل أَبَد سُلْطَان شُ عَاجِز وَنِهَايَتِسِز ضَيِّف وَنِهَايَتِسِز فَقِير وَنِهَايَتِسِز مُحْتَاج وَيَالْنَز جُزْئِي بِر اِحْتِيَارْلَ icada kabiliyeti olmayan zayıf bir kisple mücehhez beni ademe karşı şedid şikayatı Kur'aniyesi ve azim tehdidatı ve müthiş vaidleri ne hikmete binaendir ve ne vecih ile tevfik edilir ne suretle münasip düşer demek olan derin ve yüksek hakikate kanaat getirmek için şu gelecek iki temsile bak so again this is uh, beginning with a list of verses we will read them inshallah as do to attain conviction in the high and profound reality of the wisdom that that undergird the severe quranic complaints tremendous threats and dreadful promises of punishment of the sultan of pre-eternity and post-eternity the boundaries of the tremendousness of whose lordship and the grandeur of whose divinity has seized from wama qadarullah haqqa qadrihi wal ardu jami'an qabdatuhu yawma al qiyamah was samawatu matwiyatun biyamini these people have no grasp of god's true measure on the day of resurrection the whole earth will be in his grip the heavens will be rolled up in his right hand this is from the quran obviously chapter 39 verse 67 from that all the way to ma'lamu anna allah yahulu bayna al-mar'i wa qalbih know that god comes between a man and his heart the the chapter 8 verse 24 uh, this is a section of the verse right then from allahu khaliqu kulli shay'in wa huwa ala kulli shay'in wakil god is the creator of all things he has charge of everything chapter 39 verse 62 all the way to يَعْلَمُ مَا يُسِرُّونَ وَمَا يُعْلِنُونَ God is well aware of what they conceal and what they reveal. Chapter 2, verse 77. Then from خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضُ It is He who created the heavens and the earth. Chapter 6, verse 73. All the way to خَلَقَكُمْ وَمَا تَعَمَلُونَ It is God who has created you and what you make. Chapter 37, verse 96. And from مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ لَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ This is God's will. There is no power not given by God. This is chapter 18, verse 39. all the way to وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ But you will only wish to do so if God wills. So these are the verses. I'm going to uh, read from the beginning, but reading only the English uh, interpretations of renderings of the verses, inshallah. to attain conviction in the high and profound reality of the wisdom that that undergird underline the severe quranic complaints tremendous threats and dreadful promises of punishment of the sultan of pre-eternity and post-eternity 
the boundaries of the tremendousness of whose lordship and the grandeur of whose divinity has ceased from and at this point we start reading the verses and these verses describe right the tremendousness of god's lordship and the grandeur of his divinity what are those verses or what are the english renderings of those verses these people have no grasp of god's true measure on the day of resurrection the whole earth will be in his grip the heavens will be rolled up in his right hand now try to imagine try to imagine how the heavens might be be rolled up those tremendous heavenly bodies that look like giants massive giants to us will become like little pieces of specks of dust rolled up in his hand is that giving you a measure some some level of measure right what you need to conclude that by with though is that he is greater than that whatever measure that has emerged in your mind you need to conclude it by saying allahu akbar he is he is even greater than that much greater than that unlimitedly greater than that all the way to know that god comes between a man and his heart he's so big great he is so majestic he is so powerful to the extent that the heavens and the earth become like specks of dust in his grip but at the same time he is so close to the man the human being that he comes between his the the, the person and his heart he is closer to you he is closer to me than i am to my heart we need to try to understand right if something is unlimitedly great right that greatness does not mean he is unlimitedly far and far and distant in you know has nothing to do with this because well he has the capacity ability to reach to those that are unlimitedly small too being able to reach dispose of control things that are unlimitedly small is an aspect of being great and then right from god is the creator of all things he has charge of everything all the way to god is well aware of what they conceal and what they reveal so he is the creator of everything he has control over everything he has the charge of everything and he knows everything he knows the most hidden thoughts most hidden secrets in our hearts sometimes secrets that even we do not know we are not aware we sometimes you know host these feelings thoughts enmities loves likes dislikes in our hearts in our spirits somewhere in our memory for decades and then something happens and all of a sudden we recognize that wow i had this i have i have nurtured this thought in my heart for so many years and i wasn't aware of it god knows it god knows it then from it is he who created the heavens and the earth all the way to it is god who has created you and what you make so think universally he created the heavens and the earth and everything in between everything the entire cosmos and whatever is you know beyond the visible observable universe that we know the, the paradise hell uh, the the plains everything right but but don't think that he's he's you know busy with these great affairs and you are forlorn he is going to forsake you no it is god who has created you and importantly and what you make don't think that what you you make what you make you make the inclination you make the choice and he is the one who makes it he is the one who creates it and from this is god's will there is no power not given by god 
you think that you have the power to lift your hand no you don't you don't it is his power right he is enabling you to do that as a trust right it is not it is not in your essence it is being attached to you and he is the one who is attaching that capacity to you to your essence all the way to but you will only wish to do so if if god wills you will not be you will not even be able to wish something choose something unless god wills unless god wills meaning he is the one who puts that that choice in front of you he is the one who gives the ability to choose to you you you choose therefore you have the responsibility for it and inshallah this is a subtle matter we will explain it try to understand it in uh, you know much further detail when we reach inshallah the 26th word right but what we need to um, agree on between our heart between our intellect and our lower souls at this point is that all power belongs to him he is the one who creates everything but we have we have the the choice to pick one or the other and therefore we have the responsibility okay so all the way to but you will only wish to do so if god wills against these impotent endlessly weak endlessly poor but we should remember what was at the beginning before we continue right to attain conviction in the high and profound reality of the wisdom that undergird the severe quranic complaints tremendous threats and dreadful promises of punishment in the quran you will find this verses that complain about the disbelievers about the uh, the the about the mushrik mushrikun the ascribers uh, those the idol idolaters and uh, the, the polytheists right against the sinners there will be severe complaints about them and there will be tremendous tremendous threats against them right hell is waiting for you you will burn in fire you will stay there forever you are going to to you know drink the scorching drink there you are going to this and that you will be tormented again and again and there are dreadful promises of punishment you know play around play around this world for a while the end the end is written for you the end will be painful the end will be regretful right there are all these threats and promises of punishment and complaints from the sultan of pre-eternity and post-eternity the god that we just tried to understand based on these verses he's so tremendous right and then you know people ask so why is it what what is why is there all these all this complaint and threat so much emphasis on it against these impotent endlessly weak endlessly poor endlessly needy children children of adam they are so small on the scale of things why do they deserve such significant emphasis so much complaint and threat and promise of punishment from from god who is the, the creator of heavens and the earth these children of adam who are equipped with only partial volition and a weak ability to choose without any capacity to bring anything into existence so if you want to attain right if you want to attain conviction in the high and profound reality of the wisdom right that undergirds these severe chronic complaints if you want to understand how we can see their suitability how are these threats and promises of punishment suitable for this impotent weak etc human being in what way they're appropriate how are they appropriate and in what way are they appropriate take a look at these two representations to come 
before we continue we also need to perhaps say a few words about this description of the human being those who have uh, been following this podcast uh, probably heard about this many times especially in the first word uh, we did this in you know somewhat in in, in detail uh, but anyway anyways a little bit of repetition should not hurt right the description of the human being here is interesting and important against these impotent endlessly weak endlessly poor endlessly needy children of adam who are equipped with only partial volition and a weak ability to choose without any capacity to bring anything into existence so when you look at this you see it's such a uh, you know destitute desperate poor creature is the human being right it has it has endless needs now the butterfly that comes out of its chrysalis in the uh, spring or summer also has needs it is also needy but the needs of the butterfly do not compare to the needs of the human being nor do the needs of the mountain or the wind or the tree or the fish or the cow or the chimpanzee none of that compares to the needs of the human being because all of those things need things to survive in this material world you know the butterfly needs perhaps some nectar uh, the air to fly maybe other butterflies etc etc the tree needs water earth soil nutrients uh, the the sunlight air etc etc and the human being needs all of those too the human being needs everything that the inanimate things beings need because it is its body is composed of inanimate parts it needs everything that the plants and animals need because it is a it is a living organism right but it has two things that it has at a level and and and with a nature that nothing else in the uh, in the creation uh, the, the visible creation of the visible realm have and those are imagination and intellect through his imagination and intellect the human being can turn anything that it can conceive of think of, think of or imagine into a need you know i think of the moon and i want to go to the moon and if i you know think too seriously about this you know for some people going to the moon may become a need going to the moon never becomes a need for a cow a better you know some some more grass or better grass yeah maybe uh you know some more water a warmer air yeah maybe but the the cow never imagines a land beyond the ocean and feels this urge to travel there right the the human being can have endless needs because anything that it can he can imagine or um think of can turn into any and the the corollary to this though is that he has no power he cannot bring anything into existence and therefore none of the things that it he needs right are within his capacity to materialize to bring into existence to procure therefore it is endlessly impotent and therefore it is weak the human being is weak it's needy poor all the human being has is partial volition i.e when it is presented with two or more uh, options he is given this secret uh, subtle capacity that enables him to make a choice between those options so weak so how can a human being who has no power whatsoever beyond this choice deserve such threat deserve such promise of punishment deserve such complaint right i mean you think of a uh, you know one-year-old child um the one-year-old child 
you know give something in in the child's hand let's say give a crystal cup in the child's hand and the child has just started to walk and he is walking with this crystal cup in his hand but his the the motor uh, nervous system his uh, you know motor skills are not developed enough for him to be able to control the cup and he drops it he is not even aware that this is a bad thing right you don't get angry with this child you don't punish this child because he dropped the um, crystal cup you think okay this this child does not have the capacity to control the cup or know that dropping the cup is a bad thing etc etc you if, if somebody got really angry with the child and attempted to punish the child you would even think that this is not fair you should not do it you cannot do it is this the case is this the case when we look at the human being now some people do feel that there is something that is out of balance uh, in in these threats and and, and promises of punishment and complaints and etc etc but let's see if that is the case because again the important part here or one of the important parts here is that although he is weak impotent poor needy has only a weak ability to choose only partial volition well he does have partial volition and a weak ability to choose he has an ability to choose and he also has intellect to tell truth from falsehood he also has conscience like a compass that always shows in the direction of the true good uh, beautiful rightful just things so he is equipped he is equipped with the equipment to know what is good and he is given a choice so he is not like that baby he is weak impotent etc etc but he does have a capacity and that capacity has important consequences that is what Ustad Nursi is going to explain to us here birinci temsil mesela şahane bir bağ var ki nihayetsiz meyvedar ve çiçektar masnular içinde bulunuyorlar ona nezaret etmek için pek çok hademeler tayin edilmiş bir hizmetkarın vazifesi dahi yalnız o bağa yayılacak ve içilecek suyun mecrasındaki deliğin kapağını açmaktır. Ve şu hizmetkar ise tembellik etti, deliğin kapağını açmadı. O bağın tekemmülüne halal geldi ve ve veyahut kurudu. O vakit Halık'ın sanat-ı Rabbaniyesinden ve Sultan'ın nezareti şahanesinden ve ziya ve hava ve toprağın hizmeti bendeganesinden başka bütün hademelerin o sersemden şekvaya hakları vardır. Zira hizmetlerini akim bıraktı ve veya zarar verdi. So Ustad Nursi said, uh, we will explain this matter with two representations, two allegories, right? The first one, first representation. Say there is a royal orchard with numerous fruit bearing and flowering artifacts in it. Artifacts because, you know, uh, he, he, we want to emphasize that they are made by an artful maker right trees plants they're all artifacts everything that we see around us in the creation they're artifacts say there is a royal orchard with numerous fruit bearing and flowering artifacts in it many servants have been appointed to supervise it the duty of one of the servants is to open the lid on the waterway through which water comes to that orchard for distribution and drinking Yet, this servant was lazy and did not open the lid. So what do you expect to happen? Everybody are doing their jobs. You know, the one who is in charge of air, making sure that there is enough air and, you know, ventilation, etc. The one who is in charge of, uh, you know, perhaps uh, weeding. This person is doing his job. He is weeding the one who is in charge of let's say you know fertilizing the plants doing the job the one who is in charge of pruning the plants doing the job everybody is everybody are doing their job except for one person who is it the one whose job was to to open the lid on the waterway through which water comes he is not making water he is not creating water nor is he procuring water 
nor has he opened those channels, nor is he maintaining those channels. All he has to do is to open the lid so that water flows into the waterway and comes to the orchard and is distributed or used for drinking by those people who are working in the orchard. Right? Open, close. That's it. One act. Yet the servant was lazy and did not open the lid. The orchard's growth into perfection. Right? This is a beautiful orchard. Everything is prepared perfectly. It is going to grow into perfection. Those trees will grow and blossom and fruit and those flowers, flower plants are going to you know, come out and show their beautiful colors and smells and the bees will, will be attracted, beautiful uh, you know, bugs will be attracted. It's going to become such a beautiful place when it grows into perfection. But the orchard's growth into perfection was stunted because the water did not come or it completely dried out then in addition to the Lord the art of the Creator the royal supervision of the Sultan and the subservient service of light air and soil all servants have a right to complain about that adult brain all of these things right the, the, the Creator has a lordly art and that lordly art deserves appreciation but it is now left devoid of the appreciation that it deserves the royal supervision of the sultan the sultan royally is supervising what's going on in this in this garden but but the outcome is prevented from materializing right and the subservient service of light air and soil all these elements that are working in the in the uh, materialization of the outcome of that garden and all those servants who are you know doing the nitty-gritty of what needs to be done in this in this garden they all have the right to complain about that adult brain they all worked hard they all put their utmost into it and what is the outcome nothing yes they do have a right to complain cause he that adult brain the one who did not open the lid he caused their services to become fruitless or harmed them perhaps you know he thought of opening it later and opened and there was a little bit water that came in and therefore the plants are still alive but they are not blooming and blossoming they're all wilted it looks like this desperate place they do have a right to complain ikinci temsil mesela cesim bir sefine-i sultaniyede adi bir adam cüz'i vazifesini terk etmesiyle bütün gemideki vazifedarların netaici hedematına halal getirdiğinden ve bazı da mahvettiğinden bütün o vazifedarlar namına gemi sahibi ondan şedid şikayet eder Kusur sahibi ise diyemez ki ben bir adi adamım. Ehemmiyetsiz ihmalimden şu, şu şiddete müstahak değilim. Çünkü tek bir adem hadsiz ademleri intac eder. Fakat vücut kendine göre semere verir. Çünkü bir şeyin vücudu bütün şerait ve esbabın vücuduna mütevakkıf olduğu halde o şeyin ademi ve intifası tek bir şartı intifasıyla ve tek bir cüz'ün ademiyle netice itibarıyla münadim olur. Bundandır ki tahrip tamirden pek çok defa eshel olduğu bir düsturu mütearife hükmüne geçmiştir. Second representation. Say on a massive sultanic ship. There is a ship that belongs to the sultan. The owner of the ship severely complains about a lowly man on behalf of all employees for having brought harm to the outcomes of the services of all of those employees by abandoning his small particular duty. You know, there is one man on the ship and there are, um, there are thousands of um, soldiers, officers, officials, cook, cleaners, you know, thousands of people working on the ship. It's a huge sultanic ship. And, and they're all working they're all doing their parts and the ship needs to go to a certain place and there's one person who is in charge of um, 
steering the ship he is at the helm and he sleeps he sleeps he doesn't steer the ship in the direction it's supposed to uh, go and while everybody thinks that they are on track and doing their job and you know moving on and on and on all of a sudden the ship uh, lands on a shallow spot and stops and they can't move it any longer everybody did their job but this person this person mm -mm, he didn't do it and now the the sultan or the owner of the ship is chastising him complaining about him scolding him he abandoned his small particular duty but this faulty person cannot say i am a lowly man i do not deserve this severity as a result of my insignificant negligence was his negligence insignificant you know as a particular act yes maybe maybe he dozed off for 10 minutes but from the point of view of consequences it is tremendously significant so he cannot say that he cannot say i am a lowly man i do not deserve the severity as a result of my insignificant negligence this is because one occasion of non-existence results in numerous occasions of non-existence let's try to think about this non-existence meaning adam is the uh, the word in turkish and arabic adam is you know, absence non-existence one occasion of non-existence results in innumerable occasions of non-existence you know, since we went through the garden example it might help us to understand what's going on here the one occasion of non-existence there was that the person did not open the lid but look how many occasions of non-existence resulted from that the service to the labor of the person who was in charge of fertilizing the plants became futile its outcome is not existing non-existent the the labor of the uh, person in charge of trimming the plants that labor resulted in nothing its result does not exist there is non-existence with regard to its result the perfection of the garden and everything that it entails is non-existent and everything in the perfection of garden was like it's a it's a big number there are so many beautiful flowers so many beautiful trees that were going to bear so many beautiful fruits they're all all non-existent one occasion of non-existence results in innumerable occasions of non-existence but existence bears fruit according to its self so if the if the person opened the lid right the existence of opening the lid the consequence of opening the lid would be opening the lid the water would move there would be water in the waterways and the channels but he did not make the channels if somebody did not make the channels that he opened the lid would mean nothing uh, there is need for air if the air is not procured that he opened the waterway would mean nothing somebody needs to plant the trees or the the seeds if that person did not do it that he opened the lid would amount to nothing all that that he opened the lid amounts to that he opened the lid and everything else needs to be present existent in order for the outcome to materialize so for the outcome to materialize you need all all uh, causes all occasions all things that go into the materialization of that outcome but for the outcome not to materialize it is enough for one of those to be taken out so if we use more fancy language we could say 
none of them is sufficient cause all of them are necessary cause the sufficient cause is that all necessary cause, causes are brought together this is because one occasion of non-existence results in innumerable occasions of non-existence but existence bears fruit according to its self cause while the existence of a thing depends on the existence of all conditions and causes in the case of non-existence and elimination it becomes non-existent from the point of view of its outcomes as a result of the elimination of one condition or the non-existence of a single part it takes an engine a um, body a steering wheel a shift tires axle etc etc all of those things to make a car and then you also need to add gas and put a driver and have the driver ignite the car etc for the car to move all of them put together and the driver ignites the car you know shifts the uh, shift and the car moves but take one of them let's say let's take one of the tires or let's say two of the tires they, they, they sometimes make cars that can go on two tires okay Let, let's let's take the uh, battery of the car will the car move let's take the engine of the car will the car move let's take the driver will the car move you know there will be things that are secondary that are not going to affect the movement of the car but will the car be perfect you know some of them are essential that are going to prevent the car from being moving and some of them are going to prevent the perfection of the car and the act of moving because while the existence of a thing depends on the existence of all conditions and causes in the case of non-existence and elimination right you can eliminate one of the things you can eliminate the um, gas tank no gas tank therefore no gas it becomes non-existent from the point of view of its outcomes right as a result of the elimination of one condition or the non-existence of a single part this is why that harming is much easier than repairing has become a well-known principle harming is much easier than repairing it takes hundreds of uh, workers to work for perhaps two years in order to build a let's say a palace hundreds of workers you know thousands of trees cut for lumber tons and tons of marble hole to the construction site tons of soil dug out for the foundation etc etc etc etc and the palace is there and then and then one child could ignite a match and drop it on perhaps the carpet and the carpet could catch fire and then the fire would spread and burn everything down within a few hours and all it takes for this entire palace to burn is for the child to ignite a match and drop it of course the carpet needs to be there the you know palace needs to be combustible made of combustible material like wood etc etc but that is part of the perfection of the palace that's not that's not a fault you want that beautiful carpet there you want the wood to be where wood is supposed to be it is a part an aspect of the perfection of the palace not a fault the fault is that the child ignited the match and dropped it madem küfür ve dalalet tuğyan ve masiyet esasları inkardır ve reddir terktir ve ademi kabuldür Sureti zahiriyede ne kadar müsbet ve vücutlu görünse de hakikatte intifadır, ademdir. Öyleyse cinayeti sariyedir. Sair mevcudatın netaici amellerine halal verdiği gibi 
Esma-i İlahiye'nin cilve-i cemallerine perde çeker. Since the essences of disbelief, misguidance, transgression and sinfulness are denial, rejection, abandoning and the absence of acceptance. Let's read this again. Since the essences of disbelief, kufr, misguidance, volale, transgression, tuhyan, ve masiyet, sinfulness, are denial, rejection, abandoning, and the absence of acceptance. They're all negative things, right? Sinfulness, uh, denial. You are not bringing an idea to the table. All you are doing is you are saying the idea that's on the table, I don't accept it. You are rejecting it. You are not doing something. You are not exerting yourself. All you are doing is withholding the exertion that was required from you for the outcome to materialize. Even in the case of disbelief, kufr, right? What you are doing is not accepting the existence of non-existence. And this is almost impossible. The great majority, the great majority of cases in which a person does not believe, what this person is doing is withholding, withholding acceptance of reality. Why? Imagine somebody who says God does not exist in existence. Well, then we would expect this person to come through the entire existence and show us that there is no sign of the Creator anywhere in existence. How will that person do that? Perhaps you don't recognize the signs of creation in your limited existence, limited perception, limited life experience. But can you generalize from that to say that those signs exist nowhere? No, you cannot. But if someone, someone were to suggest that the signs of creation exist in existence, all they would have to do would be to show one. And then we would say, yeah, there is at least one sign of creation. If you show two, you would say there are signs of creation. Three, a lot of signs of creation. Everywhere, of course, it's all full of the signs of creation. But kufr often times, most of the time, is the absence of acceptance. And when it is the acceptance of absence, it is just a claim that is not founded, that has no real logical intellectual uh, foundation. So since the essences of disbelief, misguidance, transgression and sinfulness are denial, rejection, abandoning and the absence of acceptance, they are elimination and non-existence in reality. Their nature is that they are elimination and non-existence. They are not existence. They are they are non-existence. They are not bringing something to the table. They are just rejecting what is brought to the table. They are not exerting effort to to to bring something into existence. It is withholding that effort. Right? It is about not doing, not believing, not accepting. They are elimination and non-existence in reality. No matter how substantive substantive and existent they look right sometimes there are these you know plays of word uh they, there are tricks of intellect fallacies that we cannot easily understand grasp they sometimes look like they are substantive you know there is science and hundreds of professors examined this matter and this is the conclusion that they came to sometimes it looks substantive but no matter how substantive and existent they look in external appearance in essence they are denial rejection abandoning and the absence of acceptance which amounts to elimination and non-existence in that case 
This is a crime that spreads and contaminates like fire, right? You ignite one match, but it spreads and contaminates. Why? Because it's, it's non-existence. The, when you withhold one of the causes and conditions that are needed for the perfection of reality to be attained, that the absence of one that one cause or condition causes the entire thing to abort it both harms the outcome of the acts of other existent beings we have we have studied so far and i hope we uh, understood so far i think i can say that my lower soul is uh, you know persuaded at this point but there is more to this it is not only about um, that garden not reaching its perfection it is not only about that ship not reaching its destination because the creation of the garden and the journey of the ship had further higher ends purposes and that was to manifest the art the power the wisdom the beauty the majesty and the perfection of the sultan the owner of the garden the creator the malik al-mulk the possessor of dominion the owner of dominion that is that is being prevented and what happens as a result is that that that uh, absence or illumination that non-existence or illumination veils the beautiful reflections of divine names it both harms the outcome of the acts of other existent beings so the star has a right to complain if you don't fulfill your job as the human being who sees the star and says subhanallah if you don't do that the star has a right to complain but even further it veils the beautiful reflections of divine names it does not prevent that the divine names are still manifest they are still reflecting god's beauty and majesty is reflecting is manifest on the firmament on a clear night it is it is as manifest as daylight is during the day but but the the non-existence of your acknowledgement veils veils that which is existent and that's a crime it's not a crime to or against the existent beings against the creatures only it's a crime against the divine names it's a crime against god işte bu hadsiz şikayete hakları olan mevcudat namına o mevcudatın sultanı şu asi beşerden azim şikayet eder ve etmesi aynı hikmettir ve o asi şiddetli tehdidata elbette müstehaktır ve dehşetli vaidlere bila şüphe sezadır. Thus, the sultan of the existent beings, and the sultan of the existent beings is God. He has izze. He has izze. He has uh, dignity. But it's, it's, it's dignity with a special meaning. He ardently protects the rights of his slaves and his own rights he does not let anybody tread on those rights he has the power to do so and he has the determination to do so thus the sultan of the existent beings complains tremendously about this rebellious human being on behalf of those existent beings which includes the divine names who have a right to make this complaint that he complains is very wisdom there is wisdom in this 
Of course, that rebellious one deserves severe threats. The one who withheld his tiny part for the whole to bloom into perfection. Of course, that rebellious one deserves severe threats. And without a doubt, dreadful promises of punishment are warranted for him. So what is that part? This is the end of the uh, fifth matter. But perhaps as uh, a, a little bit of further explanation, which was covered earlier in this, in, in this podcast, but just as a reminder, what is that part that this human being needs to fulfill? appreciation first observation contemplation appreciation and glorification and offering gratitude the wisdom that we can know in the creation can be summarized in in two uh, into two parts one is as all possessors of beauty and perfection want to show demonstrate that beauty and perfection the the most beautiful the absolutely beautiful and the absolutely perfect one has willed to create this existence this created realm to manifest his beauty perfection and majesty and to see it with his discerning sight to see his beauty majesty and perfection in the mirror of his creation the second part is what concerns us and to see it through the sights of those who have the ability to observe discern then appreciate then show um, show gratitude and glorify him and worship him in return for in return for his beauty majesty and perfection that is the function of the human being in this in this created realm in existence it may sound trivial to some you know why does it matter that when i see the tree that i say mashallah or not why does it matter that when i uh, see the flower oh how beautiful but not how beautifully it is created well if we are limit if we limit our thought our intellect to the material realm beyond which we cannot see the metaphysical reality of all of these things beyond which we do not see their connection to the creator then we will not be able to understand why it matters it matters because there is a tremendous metaphysical realm beyond this physical realm everything is connected to the creator and everything receives their true value from that connection without that connection everything is reduced to their uh, physical existence which is composed of matter and energy and which is doomed to disintegration doomed to extinguishing extinction but in their aspect and Ustad Nursi calls this the indicative aspect meaning that in the aspect in uh, by which or through which they indicate their creator in the indicative aspect of beings they manifest the names attributes of their creator they show their connection they manifest reveal and you know, boast with the, their connection with the creator we need to open up our inner sight when that happens we see that connection and when we see that connection both in the in the creation all 
created beings in the universe that we observe or think about and in ourselves when we see that connection this question becomes meaningless this question becomes meaningless because we understand the importance of the connection we understand that the connection is important to the extent that that the lord to which we are connecting is important subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahu man alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin الفاتحة الصلوات